Good morning, Christian America. It's Friday. That means it's time to focus on the family here on the Good Morning Christian America podcast. What kind of example are you setting for your family? As the leader, as the adult, as the parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, the older generation, that's what we are. As that older generation, what kind of example are we setting for our youth? What kind of example are we setting for the next generation? What kind of example are we setting? Not just what we're saying, but what are we doing? What are our actions? Not just our rhetoric. What are, what are our actions? That is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about setting the example today for our children and for our family. And for the next generation to get the core values instilled into them through deed rather than just word. So let's focus on the Family Friday. So good morning, Christian America. Welcome to Focus on the Family Friday. Every Friday here on the Good Morning Christian America podcast, we would like to come to you before the weekend gets started. Give you a chance to reflect on what you did this past week. All the good, all the bad, and all the ugly. What you've said and what you've done, what example uh, uh, have you laid in front of those who you are around, both at work, and at home, within the community, think about some of the things that you've said over the last week. I want you to think over some of the things you said over the last week. Some of the thoughts that you've had. What type of, what type of example did you set? Is it one that can, you can be proud of? Is it one that you can stand before judgment on? Think about that for for a, a few minutes. Who did you speak to harshly? Who did you judge? Who were you hypocritical to? Who did you chastise uh, for doing? You know, meanwhile, you commit the same acts. Think about that. Think about the example you set. And then also think about the people that may have seen you do those things. Not just that you did them. God saw you do them. God saw you do them. But who here on earth has seen what you did? What kind of example did you set? What about your kids? What about your employees? If you're a teacher, what about your students? What are they thinking about you? after you you've done these things right when you reflect about what others may be thinking sometimes it doesn't paint a pretty picture that's why we always as christians as christian americans we always have to be that shining light we always have to be the salt of the earth we always have to be on fire with a passion for Christ. That's what we're called to do. We're called to evangelize and to spread his word and to set his example as Christ set. Not for ourselves. If you know the truth, 
You're not supposed to keep it to yourself. That's doing a disservice. It's doing a disservice to yourself. It's doing a disservice to Christ. It's doing a disservice to the rest of your community. Imagine they were sick and you have the cure. Are you going to keep it to yourself? Especially when it's abundant. When you have so much of the cure that you can never use it all up. God is the cure. Christ is the cure. And his grace and his mercy are so abundant that you can never use it all up. And because you can never use it all up, you should be actively seeking others that need it. They need that medicine. They need to be healed. They need to be cured. They need to be lifted up. They need to be pulled out of the, the situation that they're in. They need inspiration. They need hope. If you have it, you know where it resides. You need to get it to them. You need to get it for them. If they can't understand it, you need to translate it. It's important. If us Christian Americans look around this country, look around our communities and don't recognize the reality in which we live in, the world is changing. I don't believe it's news to you that when I say the world is changing and it's not for the better, I don't think it's news to you. I believe that we all recognize that the world is changing and it's not. It hasn't been for the better. There have been some good things. More people are lifted out of poverty in the world today each and every day than there has ever been. It's a wonderful thing. New technology and new inventions uh, give us the ability to reach millions of people in the in the matter of milliseconds it gives each one of us the ability to turn on a, a, a piece of equipment a device a camera a phone a computer a tablet talking turn on the camera and talk into it and reach thousands of people hundreds of people millions of people maybe even tens of people maybe only a handful of people it's not the amount of people that you reach but it's what happens to the people that you do reach what message are you sending to the people that you do reach and that my friends is becoming a a, a scary uh worrisome ordeal and i know if you listen to the podcast wednesday we just talked about worry we just talked about uh how jesus said not to worry because the, the future has already been uh, taken care of. That he will clothe you. That he will feed you. That he will give you food and drink. As long as you keep your sights on his kingdom. And his works. All good things will come from it. 100%. But what about all the stuff that isn't coming from him? What about the evil in this world? What about the secularization of our country? What about the evil ideas that permeate it? What about the scourge of abortion within our country, throughout our country, that's run rampant? There's a huge fight in our country today on the validity 
of abortion. There's a large segment of the population that thinks the murder of innocent children in the womb at two weeks or 12 weeks or 22 weeks or 32 weeks of 42 weeks to murder that child at any point in that range any 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 point in time is okay and not only is it okay the idea is that it's just what a terrible idea that is and through these technologies through these videos through various methods and modes of content creation those evil ideas are able to permeate all over our nation all over the world and they get into the minds into the eyes and into the ears of our children our children today are having to grow up at a younger and younger age and have to deal with issues of the murdering of children in the womb. When I was a child, when I was a child at 10 and under, the idea was that babies came, you know, were delivered by the stork. You remember the old uh, cartoon where the stork had a baby in his beak, you know, in, in swaddling clothes, and he would drop him off in a basket at the doorstep and that's where babies came from that's what we were that's what we were kind of told as, as as a very young child keeping our innocence that innocence is no longer the case now we have 10 and 11 year olds being forced fed the murder of children in the womb they can't even conceive of it because they don't know the process the reproduction the reproductive process but we have a liberal ideology indoctrination philosophy that is permeating our nation and in its strangling the innocence of our children And it's the innocence of our children being taken away that leads five years and ten years down to down the road to a corrupt nation. A nation full of bad ideas. Bad in so many ways. It's hard for me to simplify it in just bad ideas. But that's what it, what, what it is. It's just bad. There is no good in it. There is no good in it. There is no good in the murdering of children in the womb. There is no good in murdering children after they're born. Children that are accidentally born through the abortion process. Let me get this straight. Let me so, so everybody understands. When they talk about 
children that survive the abortion. So children, parents, go to an abortion clinic to terminate the child. And they say that, oh, the, 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 the child can't feel anything. It's not really a child. It's a clump of cells. It's not fully formed. And whatever other excuse that they're able to, 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 to spout off with a straight face. But the doctor goes in and tries to murder the child. And in some of these rare cases, the child is aware of what's going on and he's fighting it off like, like, the, like, the human, uh, like any human would naturally do when under attack. And sometimes these children are born by mistake. So here you have a, a living, breathing child who was just birthed. And there's a segment of the population right now that wants to make you believe that it is morally right. Not only is it morally right, not only is it morally just, but they want to make you believe that it should be celebrated. This is something extra special. It's something extra all right. But it's not special. If anything, it's extra evil. This is the world that our children are growing up in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the world where our children are being indoctrinated with this line of thinking. Where our 10 and 11 year old girls and boys are having to be indoctrinated or are being indoctrinated with homosexuality with gender dysphoria gender dysmorphia with the with these ideas that somehow it's wrong for little boys to be competitive it's wrong for boys to to want to dominate athletically or financially or, or or any other way and then it's wrong for little girls to want to play with dolls it's wrong for little girls to want to have children when they're older want to be a mommy can you imagine that? Can you imagine your 10-year-old girl being raised by her mother whom she loves, whom takes care of her, who cooks for her, who cleans for her, who does all the motherly things that they, that they do for their children, that we do for our children. And that child being so infatuated with her mother that she wants to be just like her. And when they go to school, because they're around 10 or 11 years old, it's when you start having like career days and things like that. And what do you want to be when you grow up? And I want to be an astronaut and I want to be a doctor. Or I want to be a football player or whatever the kids do or whatever the kids say. 
And this little girl says, I want to be a mommy, just like my mommy. I want to have a daughter, and I want to raise them and cook for them and take care of them the way my mother takes care of me. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Wouldn't that sound beautiful? Now imagine the teacher who would turn around and say that that's not a career. That's not a goal. That's not a that's not the point of this exercise. That you need to choose something else because being a mother isn't good enough. Imagine somebody that would say that. Imagine the country, imagine the community, imagine the school that would hire people like that within our school district to to teach our children, to be around our children for two, four, six hours a day. Imagine a school system that that would then hire people like that. Not only would they hire people like that, they would be confronted with this issue and do nothing about it. And do nothing about it. To ridicule a little girl's parent saying that they don't really have a job. That's the world that our kids are growing up in. They're growing up in a world where they're encouraged. Little girls are encouraged not to get married. Where little boys are encouraged not to be competitive. Where teenagers are encouraged to get abortions. They're encouraged to have sexual relations. Given out birth control at school. At school. This is the world that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, in 2019. It's the world that we have inherited. Now we have two choices. We have more than two choices, but I'll give you two choices. We can stand by and watch the next generation continue down this path of idiocy. This path of nonsense. This path of non-reality. Where we must think the same. Where we must act the same. And that same that standard of what to do and how to act and what to say and what to be that you have to pretend to be is set by somebody else's rules. It's not by yours. It's not by Christ. It's somebody else. Imagine that. Imagine that life. Imagine that country that we've already started on. We've already started down that road. What are we going to do as Christian Americans to not continue down it? That's something we have to think of, ladies and gentlemen. I talked to you this week about being immobile or, excuse me, immovable. 
immovable because Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, to be, un, to be steadfast and be unmovable, immovable in Christ's word. And that's exactly what we have to be. We have to be steadfast and we have to be immovable in Christ's work and Christ's word. Because if we're not, if we can't stand firm, if we can't stop fighting amongst ourselves, you know what's more, most frustrating? So we posted a video last week. I don't know. Hopefully some of you saw it. If you haven't seen it, scroll through the feed on the uh, Facebook page and you'll, you'll see a video that we posted. Not uh, one of these videos, but a video of two deer. Actually, there's three deer. If you look uh, uh, good in the video, there's, there's essentially three or four deer. There's two deer locked in horns. Okay. They're, they're locked in horns. They're, they're fighting in a field against one another. And way in the distance, you see something moving. And you, you can't quite tell what it is. But near the camera that's looking at the deer fighting, right in front of the camera, two more deer pop their head up. And they're looking down that way at the deer fighting. And then that thing that's in the background moving. And they, these two front deer pop their head up. They, they look startled. And then they're gone out of the video. You don't see them anymore. And as the two deer that are fighting. And they're twirling around locked in horns. Locked horns. A lioness is that thing in the background. She comes running up and snatches one of them and it devours it chokes the life out of it and eventually he's going to eat it it's not a long video it's a, it's a it's an interesting video now what i when i saw that video i had no choice uh the, the first idea that came to mind was that is the christian american community right now we 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 are arguing amongst ourselves we are locked in a battle between ourselves over small things. Over which prayers are legitimate and which prayers are not legitimate. Over which cross is right and which cross is not right. Whether which translation you know, does this word mean as opposed to the translation that says this word means something else? Over and over and over. Between all the denominations, there are all types of small issues. Now, I don't have a problem if, if there are denominations out there that, that, are, that are actively subverting and changing the word of, and, the, and the example of that Christ left us that are subverting the word of God then something must be said 100% but when we're arguing over what, what prayers are good and what prayers are better when we're arguing whether Jesus is on the cross or it's not on the cross when we're arguing about small things like that when we all agree that babies in the womb deserve to live, when we all agree that 
marriages between a man and a woman and God, when we all agree that the nuclear family of a, of a, a mother, a father raising children is best for everyone, when we all agree that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, when we all agree that the Ten Commandments should be followed, when we all agree that the, that the Lord gave us the number one commandment of love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love one another as you love yourself, when we agree on these things, we agree on 90% of these things, 95%, probably 98%. And we're fighting over the 2%. We're arguing amongst ourselves over the 2%. Meanwhile, the lioness is about to devour us. And that's this secular society. That's this society that wants to tear down your family, that wants to tear down your country, that wants to tear down your community, that wants to tear down your future generations. The devil is not content with just bringing you down. He wants to bring down your kids. He wants to bring down your spouse. He wants to bring down your friends. He wants to bring down your neighborhood, your church, and all of its members. We have to be on guard Ladies and gentlemen, we have to be on guard. Because if we don't do what's right, we will be destroyed. And we will, more than that, we will leave our families to be destroyed along with us. You know, in Luke 21, there's a lot of talk about destruction. And naturally, because it's the Bible, they're talking about Jerusalem, but that could be easily translated to America right now. In Luke 21, 19, Jesus essentially says, when all things are, are breaking off, when, when, when things are chaotic, 21, 19 says, stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. That's us. That could be us today. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pretty relevant. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women, women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. Is that what we want? Do we want great distress and wrath? And if the answer is no, and I pray to God that your answer is no, then we have to lead the way back. As leaders in our household, as leaders in our families, we have to lead the way back to life, back to love. And we can only do that if we know Christ. 
We know his words. We know his deeds. And we know how he wants us to live. And we have to follow through with that. We can do that. We can turn this country back to where it rightfully belongs. And we can avoid catastrophe. So this weekend, think about that. Sit down with your family. Sit down with your kids. Sit down with those that you love. Sit down with your neighbors and your communities. It's springtime. Have a barbecue. Have people over. When you go into work, have a conversation about love and doing the right thing. Reach out to people. Recognize that these things can be changed. These things that we talked about, these things that are driving our country towards destruction, these things that are destroying our families, that are destroying our youth, that are destroying our young people, our young adults that are growing up, without a way to cope these things can be reversed but they can only be reversed if christian americans step up to the plate if we stand steadfast and immovable in christ's love and we give the message that's necessary that he gave us to give you don't have to come up with it on your own you just have to pick up the bible and read it and repeat god has all the answers man has almost none So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you go this weekend. Have a blessed weekend. Do what's right for Christ. Be on fire for him. Be on fire for him. This is a spiritual war that we are in, and we must win it. And we can because we have God on our side. If you want to contribute to the Christian American community, go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Pick yourself something up. You can get yourself a premium tea like the one I got on right here. This is trademarked ChristianAmericanTees.com. One God one country that's what we're about that's what our priorities are that's what we espouse and that's how we turn this country back around by pointing them to him and with that ladies and gentlemen you stay blessed